0: guys it's the part three for our series of the wounded healer and this one is gonna be about love and the heart space and so I hope that this will be impactful for you because I know for sure it has been for me so today's episode is the last part of the wounded healer series and we're really going to talk about the heart space and unconditional love because this is the theme that I have most been working with here lately and it's by far the most complicated because intellectually we all understand unconditional love but to actually embody it to be it especially when you are coming from, you know, a place of woundedness or um, a childhood of trauma, it's actually not easy. It's not an easy transition. Um, And so I want to talk about a few things that fall underneath this overall category. One being that uh, I have always heard this saying, you know, to be alone well. And I always found it confusing because I always felt that I have always been alone well. Like, it was not an issue for me, like, at all. I um, am not somebody who enjoyed dating and did not really enjoy having a whole lot of company. Like, I wanted some connection, but I was just very... I I enjoyed being alone, I guess, is... um, I just enjoyed it. Uh, But the thing is, is that we don't really talk about the difference between being alone from a place of detachment because of trauma and pain or a place of being alone from having an open heart space as well. And I realized this year that I have been alone well only because it was coming from a place of extreme dream detachment and I know in a way there's you know we talk about how being detached is a good thing right like we're supposed to overcome this idea of attachment but I think the difference though for me especially is that my heart space wasn't really open though so I was detached but not with an open heart space at the same time. I think that's a really kind of big difference because the more my heart heals and the more that heart space opens, the more I have to re-look at what it means to be attached or detached and being able to do it with a heart that is actually open to connection at the same time. And I realize it's way different than what being alone used to look like for me and so i think for like a wounded healer you know if you're anything like me my heart used to be open like it started out i started out in unconditional love like i remember it i had so much unconditional love to pour to everybody around me and it was over time all of these things kept happening and I kept trying to love people and love people despite all of these things that kept happening that I remember there became a point where I finally got out of a very bad situation and I realized for once in my entire life I was actually safe to rest to actually like break down and rest because I had never had that before and I realized that my spirit had actually broken for the first time of everything i've been through my spirit had actually broken and i remember for the first time my heart space really closing up until then it you know there was forms of detachment that was slowly happening you know my heart was closing towards connection um you know day by day slowly Um, And I kept pouring all this love to all these people around me, but never could pour it within myself. And I think I'm probably not the only wounded healer out there who has gotten caught up in, we're almost irresistible to someone else's pain. Like we almost can't help ourselves when we see and feel pain in somebody else. That healer inside of us gravitates towards that pain. Even if we are in pain. And so there can be this habit of still pouring to everybody else. Even though our cup is empty. And, and not actually pouring into our own cup. And I realized that I had really been doing that. And I really felt that my heart was open. And it was when it came to giving. My heart, I don't think, ever fully closed when it came to giving. Giving. It was the receiving end. So that's another thing is when we look at an open heart space versus a closed heart space. You know, is it possible that we can be both at the same time? My heart space was open to giving, but closed to receiving. And because it was closed to receiving, it was easy to be detached. Once the receiving end opened... (laughs) It was like, I don't know. It was like being an infant child all over again. That's the only way to explain it. I felt so tender <laughs> and vulnerable and sensitive. And it was like this great big huge world all over again. And despite all my years of experience and training and learning and my spiritual muscles, um... I felt like an infant child all over again. And I felt nervous, and scared, and excited, and, um, you know, just like I'm on a roller coaster that I've never been on before. And so it's like, I don't know when I'm gonna drop, or when I'm gonna go up, or when I'm gonna turn, but I know it's all gonna come. And it's kind of been, um, I don't know. Just so out of my comfort zone for somebody like me, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's emotional. And now I feel like I finally understand what people mean when they say that. So I came into spirituality through the back doors. I learned through mystery, through dreams, and I through nature, and I learned through the unconscious a lot of mainstream spirituality, some of it kind of goes over my head. Like, it takes me a little bit longer, I feel, to grasp the concept that people are talking about. And I don't know if it's because of the way they are explaining it, or if it's because I need to have a personal experience in order for me to understand what it is they're talking about. And a lot of times... I notice that the way I describe things, I think I'm talking about the same thing as other people. I just seem to like describe it in the most weirdest ways. And I don't know why that is. Like it's kind of annoying because, uh, you know, but so sometimes it can be frustrating because I do feel like maybe I learn things at a much slower pace than people. So I might just be catching up with you guys is what I'm trying to say. But um, I am grateful, though, for this backwards way of learning that I have because when it comes to working with people and the unconscious mind, I have <clears throat> a real knack with it, you know? Like I have a real gift with it because I have spent so much time with the unconscious parts of the mind and, uh, and dream work and all of that stuff. So it's just kind of neat because, like, it all comes f- full circle. And to me, it's just, like, proof that if we had never been given any books, if we had never been given any teachers, if we had never been given – I call them bridges, you know, people to help get us to, you know, the next step. It's just proof to me that your body – Your mind, your spirit, your soul, your heart can teach you what you need to know anyways. Like, if you ended up somehow spending your life in captivity from the very beginning of time, I am going to say it's absolutely safe to say that you can still have a lot of spiritual experiences within captivity because... We have all the knowledge within ourselves. Not saying that that would be a healthy or fun experience at all, but I just know that we're capable of learning and receiving everything that we need um, from within ourselves. And I feel like coming through the back door to spirituality really is proof of that. Um, part of the the wounded healer's journey, and this <laughs> this is another one that I really want to encourage you guys with is like. We have to want our healing bad enough. Like we <laughs> we have to want it bad enough that no matter what, we we keep going on this path. Because there are times, at least for me, where I want to give up so bad. And I don't mean necessarily like I want to give up on life itself. But it's like the more I heal the more of a higher standard my higher self kind of ends up holding me to. And not in a suffocating, non-fun way. Like, I have a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But it's more like once I know, I know. You know, once I've, you know, experienced paradise, I've experienced paradise, right? And so I don't want to live outside of paradise. Um You know, obviously it's going to happen because I can't just stay in paradise 24-7. I can't. I'm not at least I'm not at that place in my life where I can and I don't know for sure that I meant to. But um now that I know it's there though, I'm going to naturally want to choose to keep trying to pick what is healthiest for me, you know, what is most serving of me like um and so there are times though where I get so frustrated or times where You know, I almost wish I didn't know because I just get tired. You know, I get wore out or um, I just feel like this has been such a long road for me. And uh, I'll get rebellious. You know, I'm like a rebel child. I'll suddenly be like, you know... I'm done with this, like, I've had enough of this, like, this is BS, like, you know, nothing is going the way that I thought it was going to go, or, um, I can't tell you how many times Spirit has given me very specific directions that I swear it felt like it led me nowhere, like, like, it felt like life continuously kept walking me out to the edge of a cliff and then just leaving me there with no actual way down as if it was just th- like getting off on, you know, seeing if I could survive or thrive in this like almost non-thrivable situation. And so I get super frustrated because it's like, I, what are you doing to me? You know, like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I, I feel like I'm becoming a joke right now to, with the, even with myself, like just, you know, frustrated and Spirit has done that to me so many times I can't even count that I've really begun to fully understand at least for me that it's always part of a plan. Like even the most like irritating, darkest, inconvenient stepping stones um, have purpose. And I know that some people don't believe in stuff like that. But for me, like, my entire life is a testimony of that. Um, And I feel like it's not so much just about what we see. I think it's also about what is built. You know, like, it's the maturity that's built. Like, as annoying as it is, especially if you are, like, a rebellious type of person, like, I have struggled with following the rules. I have struggled with authority my whole life. So the fact that I even follow spirit with so much obedience the way that I definitely try to. Like I just know that he knows I love him so freaking much. Which I say it like he's outside of me. I know that he is me. He's within me. But I speak it that way because... You know, I've just been doing that since I was a child and it brings comfort to me to talk about it in that way. So I don't, even with all the religious deconditioning that I've been working on, I don't know that will ever change the way I speak. But you guys know what I'm trying to say. Um, all of those times of being on the cliff with no visible way down, I have had to learn how to mature. Like it has helped me learn how to develop faith. It has helped me to learn how to develop patience. It has exercised these muscles. It has helped teach me discernment. It has helped, honestly, it has shown me how to survive, really, some of the most unsurvivable types of situations. It has shown me how I can feel safe Sometimes in the most dangerous arms or the most dangerous situations possible. Um, It's really crazy because like my actual life story is so wild that sometimes it just doesn't even feel real. Like that that could even be somebody's story. And it always confuses people because when they actually hear the whole thing and then they look at me and they experience the actual energy I bring and like I still really strive to hold on to like my naiveness, my innocence, my gentleness. It just doesn't make sense to them. You know, like people look at me after hearing my story and they're, they, they're expecting to see somebody real rough and like rugged and like hard and like, um, you know, like super like angry and like they just always think that I should be something different and I just know that this is because of all these times of being left on that cliff and that doesn't mean you guys that I you know am graceful about it. I try, but there's times I'm like, you know, a screaming toddler, like super angry and upset that I'm there again. And I feel like spirit just lets me sit there until I cool down and like, you know, get done throwing my fit. And, uh, and then he's like, okay, like now that, you know, you're done with that, let's like get to business. Let's start, um, allowing clarity to actually roll in. Let's actually decompress from everything that you try to bring with you onto this cliff and let's you know help you let it all go put it all down so i can show you how to get back off this cliff um and so what i'm trying to get at is that there there might be times for a wounded healer that you feel like giving up that it feels like this path just takes and takes and takes or that's constantly testing you, testing you, testing you. Um, you know, you feel like you're always getting so close to something. And then suddenly it's like you feel like you're back at the beginning again. You know, you take three steps forward and now you're taking seven steps back. Um, it can feel exhausting. And I just want to encourage you that, one, that happens to like almost all, like everybody. Like every healer person goes through this every non-healer person goes through this I mean this is the dance of life and um at least anybody who's you know consciously awake to to their life is going to to definitely notice this you know um and I would dare say even if they're not consciously awake they're going to notice this you know I know people yeah for sure everybody um and, and to, to just, I really encourage you to not give up, to not, um, let yourself talk yourself out of your truth, to talk yourself out of your, your path, to talk yourself out of your, your dreams, because I truly believe that, The most special people in this world end up having the hardest time, you know, like they have some of the roughest journeys. Um, And it's normally because their calling really is just so profound and their medicine really is so potent and what they're here to do really is so powerful. And I know that that doesn't seem fair, but I just, I really, you know, have talked about this in other episodes I just feel like this is just, um, I think it's just part of preparing us, preparing us for what our life really is going to look like when we really are standing in our complete power, like when we're really standing in our power and we've, you know, accomplished all of these um, things that are not accomplishment of things like, you know, I did this, check. I graduated from school, check. I mean, accomplished things like, you know, you got back up after you got knocked down in this situation. You grew patience. You learned about faith. You figured out how to have hope. Um, you've been refra- like refined. Is that how you say it? Yeah. So, it's like being refined over and over and over again because, like, spirit is literally turning you into this masterpiece that really it's not that he's turning you into this masterpiece he's stripping everything off of you to reveal to you the masterpiece you've always been because I think that's really what it is is that we've all been this like an amazing masterpiece we've completely lost sight of it all of this stuff has occurred we've created all of these stories about ourselves all these stories about what everything means. And these stories really take on a life form, by the way. And then everything that everyone else does, everything that everyone else says, gets filtered through these stories that we've created. And I feel like this, these trials and these, this testing and this refinement is to really help get us um, back to, to seeing our masterpiece, and I feel like the reason why it's tough is because, like, if, if I never had to struggle and spirit was like, here, let me just snap my fingers and, like, you just fully go back to remembering, I honestly, being a rebellious child that I am, I don't feel like I would even protect it. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like I would even protect it. I totally see myself taking myself for granted all over again. I totally see myself not understanding the sacredness of me because it was so easy. Like, he snapped his fingers and there I was. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm beautiful. I'm magnificent. Wow, okay. Well, now let me go back and, like, stir up my chaos, right? But for me, at least this is, y'all, like I said, like, I just talk from where I'm at in my life, so... This doesn't mean anything like it might totally be different for you guys. And I would love to hear more about you guys. So just remember, you can email me at any time. But for me, it's like, because I've had to fight for this, I've had to fight hard to be here. Like I've had to fight hard to still be here. I've had to fight hard to actually get my heart space to fully open again. To not just giving, but actually open to receiving. Like I've had to fight hard to actually be able to believe I am enough. To be able to say I am enough and actually believe it. I've had to fight hard for that. To be able to look in the mirror and say I am beautiful and believe it. I've had to fight hard for that to be able to be here and feel like I don't have to apologize for breathing or taking up space or, um, you know, etc., I've had to fight hard for that. Um, I had an extremely low self-esteem. I've had to fight. And because of that, and because of the sacrifices that came with it, because of the turmoil, because of the struggle, because of all the crying, because of the pain, because of all the ugliness with it, I'm going to call it ugliness because, I mean, it's not, but I'm going to call it that because it is like, you know, the ugly crying that you're just like thankful that nobody's there to see other than like your dog and, you know, your, your inner, inner circle. Um, I'm going to protect it right? I value it because I've had to fight. So I'm going to protect it. I understand the value of it. So to me, this is, I guess, how I justify, I guess, is what it is I'm doing. Um, this, this difficult path of being a healer. And what is amazing is that Everything that has caused me pain or like any type of turbulence, painfulness, feeling lost in the woods and by, that's a metaphor, like just like being lost, feeling like God spirit has taken me to another cliff and left me there again. Um, every time there is like power there for me to obtain, and let me tell you guys something. It's not like I obtain this power and then I get made weak again by the next bad thing. No, 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 no. Yes, I am, I am broken down. Okay, so there is some weakness, I guess you could say, that gets involved. But I am still stepping into this next thing, this next turbulent thing. With all of the power that I have accumulated up until this point. Which is pretty powerful. So I'm feeling maybe weak is what I'm going to call it. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling like a mad hatter. I'm feeling messy. I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling chaotic. But I know that this is going to pass. Because I've been here so many times. And I've got all of this power from being here so many times. I've got all of these tools in my toolbox. So I already know what kind of situation I'm in. I know how to move through it. I know I'm going to get through it. I know how to um, flow with it. And I know how to fight through it, whichever it is I need. Because I, like I said, I don't follow mainstream media, like I don't follow mainstream way of doing stuff. I listen to myself. If I need a fight, I fight. If I need a flow, I flow. And so yes, I'm still going to express myself because I'm, I'm just that way. I like to express and that helps me to get the energy that I'm dealing with in that moment, helps me to get it out so that I can move through it. Because I don't want to get stuck in it. And I don't want it to get stuck in me. So I always tell people, like, <clears throat> you don't want to get to know me based off of my expressions. And you don't want to, to try and decipher a situation based off of my expressions. Because my expressions is literally a moment of this emotion and a moment of this energy. But it's, it passes. It passes. Because I, I don't let myself get stuck. I'm moving. So the best way, you know, to get to know me or situation is to definitely, like, talk to me. <laughs> like, have a conversation with me. Because it's kind of like, I was just watching this video. <clears throat> I can't remember his name. like Steve Rudick, Uh, He's a pastor. Um, uh, Because, you know, you like, there's a part of me that's always going to have a certain love for you know, um, the church, there's a lot of things about the church that really irritates me and gets me really mad. And I'm not even going to get into that, but there's parts of it that, um, is part of my childhood, right? There's roots still there. And so I take and, and pick the pieces that do bring me comfort. And he was talking about how, um, a lot of time we try to watch the wind to decide what we need to do. You know, if we need, you know, is now the time to follow our dreams? You know, should we move now? You know, should I take this job? And it's like we we're judging based off what we see to like be like the the green light, you know. And um, it was just, he was talking about how, you know, the chaos in that. Because a lot of times what we see is like, it's the, it's like an aftermath of something. It's uh you know, the wind changes, it moves. It's like, if you try to stay ahead of things by watching the wind, which is funny because you can't actually see it, right? But you can see the impact of it. Well, like you're never going to get ahead. Like, you're never going to get there's no stability in it because it just kind of blows wherever. And so the whole point of that sermon was talking about the power of discernment and the power of faith and why having faith is actually a very beautiful thing. And I don't know where faith fits in with mainstream spirituality, but I'm going to tell you right now that I am a girl of faith. Like I am definitely a Jesus and a metal chick at the same time. I'm a Jesus and a, like, can get into some really dark, weird stuff at the same time. Like, um, <clears throat> there is something that was once told to me, and I'll never forget this. It was a verse in the Bible that talked about, and I I'm paraphrasing, so keep this in mind. But it was talking about, you know... It's not good to be too holy, and it's not good to be, like, too, you know, like, non-holy or whatever. And so I've always taken this as, like, I like to walk in the middle. Like, I I like to walk in the middle. I know that, like, some people are, like, really on this race to scission, and they're, like, on this race to, like, love and light. But for me, I really like to walk in the middle, And I I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. Um, And so I can kind of sway either way, (laughs) depending on what's happening in my world. And so that's why, for me, discernment and faith is, like, really important for me in my life. And um, unconditional love and having an open heart space is, like, really crucial for somebody like me who's walking on this line. Because that is what helps me to know how to get home. So if I start to get lost because I'm teetering off my balance, it's that unconditional love and heart space that helps me draw back home. It leads me back home. It, It's, it's what gets me back to my path. And I feel like one of the reasons why I walk on this line is because my medicine is meant to really be shared with all people. And I mean like all people. Like I have sat down and like, I I don't want to be crucified for this. <laughs> um. You know, I have sat down in the presence of, you know, murderers and child molesters and um, just people that misfits, people that the majority of the world would just like not have nothing to do with. And I've I've sat down and held space for these people. And it's not like we're singing kumbaya and like, you know, roasting marshmallows around a fire, but it's more like I've I've set down and held space for people to where I'm not looking at what they've done. I'm looking at them for who they are in this moment of offering genuine connection. Of like, I see you. I'm not looking at you for what you've done. I'm looking at you, f- like, for you. And for me, part of my gift is that I I see the child in them. I see the inner child in this person. So it's hard for me to even look at what it is they've done. Because all I see is, like, the beginning. I see this, this, uh, the the innocence of them i see the beauty of them before all this crap happened that got them on the path to where they made these decisions so i i feel like that's part of why i walk this path but um i have learned that um unconditional love is for sure the biggest theme for me this year and not just giving but definitely with receiving And I think one of the bravest things I've done this year is two things. One, almost a year ago, Spirit asked me to step out and be transparent. You guys, being transparent is so hard. (laughs) Um, I've been transparent in my life with the people I meet and on social media. And it is difficult because everything inside of me screams at me. No, Leslie, absolutely not. We are not sharing our personal, internal world with people. We are not sharing our feelings with people. We are not sharing our personal thoughts, things from our diary with people. You know, that introvert me and the part of me that has felt, you know, that has been hurt by people is like, we're not doing that. That is absolutely crazy. It's not happening. But spirits like, no, I, (laughs) I want you to be transparent, even if it hurts. Like even if it makes you super uncomfortable, even if it causes you to lose lots of, friends, if it causes you to lose people's respect, if it causes you to lose people, you know, followers, if it causes you to lose clients, like I want you to be transparent because we're living in a world and a time where there's just not enough of that. There's not enough of being very, very transparent. Now, there is a lot of being transparent with the parts of us that we want people to see, the parts of us that we feel proud about, um, the parts that look happy and good and light and loving, um, but it's, it's, it becomes more rare when we start looking at the transparency of the parts of us that we don't like about ourselves. The parts of us um, where, you know, there's lots of shadows involved, the parts of us that is not as spiritually evolved. The parts that um, are struggling. And not just, I struggled with this in the past, but I'm struggling right here and then now with that. Like, you guys, that is not easy. And if you're doing that right now in your life, I just want to tell you, like, hands down, like, amazing. I find that so amazing. I I think that type of boldness and courageous type of... um lifestyle and action and, and way of showing up is one of the most incredible, attractive qualities. Like I am so attracted to that in every way or form. I have so like mad respect for it because it it is so refreshing. (laughs) It is so refreshing. Um, and it's like, that is shining your light. That is what shining your light is. In my opinion, shining your light to me, Uh, you know, if you are a healer, wounded or not wounded is not just how smart can I sound? How spiritually evolved can I sound? How, um, how much love can I talk about? Right? Like we're talking like this, this series, this third part is about unconditional love. But yet, if that's all I'm talking about, I don't know if I'm actually shedding, like shining my light. Like, for me, personally, I know that I'm not because part of Leslie shining her light is Leslie showing up as the very human, transparent her. And that real, honest, transparent human Leslie is I want to embody unconditional love. I want to give and receive and be that. But can I be that 24-7? No. No. Do I try? Yes, absolutely. Um, Technically, it is there all the time because I have this annoying way of loving people even when I don't want to. It's like I can't help it. So on one hand, yes, I am that all the time, but my actions don't always show that. So I guess that's the better way to say it. My heart, for whatever reason, refuses to give up on people and it drives me crazy. I can't stand it. I have spent a lifetime loving people. Um, and, and sometimes it has not been the healthiest thing for me at all. And, uh, I can only imagine how even the other person might feel like they're probably like, this chick is freaking psycho. Like, um, I was in an abusive relationship it was it was about 10 years it almost was going to be an it almost made it to 11 years um it was my first boyfriend my first love and uh he i mean he loved me from his ability to love um but he was you know abusive and he was um manipulative he was <laughs> it was it was really bad and i was super naive and gullible and like soft spoken submissive you know i had, i didn't like had never like to never use profanity. I had never yelled or raised my voice ever. Like that's how like soft I was. And um, I loved this man. And the more I loved him, the more he like the meaner he got. And it was like every time my higher self said like Leslie, it's time to go. I could not. It was like I just I was convinced I could love him through that, if I could unconditionally love him through all of this, that it would be healing. Well, and it wasn't at all. It took me leaving for him to finally have his, you know, come to Jesus meeting where suddenly I was the most amazing person in the world. And he had really messed up and he was so sorry. And his whole life is different now. It changed his life, but it took me getting out of the way and leaving for it to happen. But my point is, is like, on one hand, my heart does have this profound way of unconditionally loving people. But when it actually comes to my actions, no, it does not always actually align. And so that's what being transparent is for me. That's what shining my light is for me. It's it's, it's being able to be honest. And I feel like as healers, when we are able to do that, I feel like it allows the elephant in the room to be dealt with. And it's like, it lets people sigh and like have a, a, you know, a huge breath of relief that part of this healing journey is being human and it's messy and it's not about reaching, you know, utopia. And like, once you reach it, you're there for life. Like, maybe it is that for some of you guys, but like, I have not found it yet. I have not reached that point in my life where I'm in that place all the time. I can hold that place for quite some time, but I still get, you know, gypped out, like pushed out. Like I push myself out. I, you know, and I have to bring myself back to it. And so I just think that that is one of the most bravest things that I've done. And I feel like it's a brave thing for any healer is to be able to be transparent And there's a certain level to me of integrity to that. And the second bravest thing I've done is that after my spirit broke, I put walls up around my heart. um, And I promised myself I was never going to put those down for anybody. Um, And it's not because I wanted to hurt anybody. It's not because I wanted to be mean. It's just that I was like, you know, (laughs) I can't ever do that again. Like, obviously, I don't have discernment that's how I felt, you know, because I, I kept loving somebody who was abusing me. So like something's not right in my head. Right. So it's like, I'm not putting myself in that situation. I've, I've always been the one to, to work at, you know, to love other people. I've never been the one to actually be in the receiving part where somebody just wanted to focus on loving me. And so I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And, um, And then out of nowhere, spirit, you know, sent the second person who came into my life. And all that person wanted to do was love me. Um, And he was not to be my forever, but he held the space for me to heal. And so because of that unconditional loving space of healing, by the time it came to be that our paths were meant to now split apart, my walls had come down i had finally had the safe place created that my walls came down so the second bravest thing i did this year is i put all my walls down and right after i put my walls down all kinds of things happened this year as if it was like hell bent on trying to hurt me again to put the walls back up like it was like some type of test or something like um and i i had to fight so hard to overcome all of these things being thrown at me with this determination of absolutely not. Like I worked so hard to put these walls down and open my heart finally that I absolutely will not let my walls come back up. And so this year, because I have held that space for myself through being dedicated to wanting my healing bad enough, even though there has times where it has felt like I have come very close to really going backwards, to really spinning off the deep end, to really giving up, I have continuously gotten back up. And and not only fought, but also surrendered. Because to me, it's almost the same. They go hand in hand. I like fight and surrender <laughs> um, to to overcome whatever it is that I'm feeling in order to say, no, like I see that this hurts. I realize it's teaching me something about myself. I realize I already know what wounds it is. Um, There's a few wounds that have just run so deep that the more I grow the more layers keep showing up. And it's really annoying because it's like, how long is this, (laughs) how long is it going to take to heal from this, you know, this thing, this core wound? Um, But it's that determination of, I recognize it, I'm working on it, but I refuse to let my heart harden. I refuse to let my walls come up. I refuse to give up. Even if it means that I'm in the abyss all by myself, I refuse to go backwards because I want my healing bad enough. So that's just my encouragement to to a wounded healer out there is that is to just not give up. And um, I never want to push faith on anybody, but I'll tell you right now, like faith has been my best friend because when I start to lose hope, hope ends up chasing me. That's the only way I, know I explain it. I start to lose hope and I feel hope chasing me, and it like. I feel like it grabs me from the back of my shirt and it's like hey come back you know like you're giving up on yourself like you've worked so hard come back you know because a lot of times i i have no idea if i can see something clearly i feel like i do but i'm i'm seeing from my point of view and i can't i can't see from my higher self's overall point of view like i mean i can to an extent but like i'm not the universe in in the sense of i can't you know i can't see the future i i can see i'm somebody that sees little glimpses i see little images i see little snip snippets right um but i and i have learned the hard way not to overly invest into those little snippets because sometimes the order i end up putting them in like they don't even go in that order at all so faith has been a huge friend of mine and understanding that um one of my core runes was abandonment and realizing that nobody can abandon me as long as I don't abandon myself that's been a big thing I've learned this year um but just really if you are a healer or a non-healer or whatever and um I encourage you to really work with your heart space which you probably already have been doing but I can't I can't get it across enough just how powerful and crucial this piece is because it. the more we work on our heart space, the more we're able to look at other people and understand that, you know, we're not fighting other people. We are not fighting other people. We are dealing with all of these conditioning um, illusions, imitations, ego type stuff, which I hate using the word ego because I think I have like a weird belief around ego. But, um, so skip that word. Um, we're dealing with people's traumas. We're dealing people with scars, but we're dealing with ourselves as well. And, and the fact that we, you know, people mirror each other. And even if we're not mirroring each other, because I know like that starts to get You know, we marry each other and then sometimes um, we know that we've we've owned something and our scars have completed themselves when we are no longer even triggered by certain things, right? But, um, you know, for me, I have to have that heart space to understand all of that. I have to have that heart space to decipher all of that because without it, without that open heart space in the receiving just as much as the giving and without my ability to, to have my, my faith because I'm a faith girl. Um, the only thing that I end up being left with is the stories that I've created about myself and my life and the stories I've created about other people and the stories I've created about experiences. And I'm gonna tell you right now that never works well (laughs) because I tend to make up stories that, that just don't need it. Like that. And when I say makeup stories, I mean that like my first instinct, if I'm coming from a wounded place is to begin to create a story about something that is not in favor of me. Like the verdict is not in favor of me. And so to me, that is another big lesson I've learned is that, um, a healthy heart space really helps put us in check with what kind of Stories are you creating about your life? What kind of stories have you created around your pain? What kind of stories have you created around the people in your life? What are the stories you've created around your gift? Um just that alone, that question going and looking at every aspect of my life where I could ask that question about has been mind-blowing. It's been so mind-blowing that I'll tell you right now there's been no greater enemy of Leslie than Leslie. <laughs> there's been, you know, no no one out there more out to get Leslie than Leslie. That's what that taught me. When I really looked at all the stories I've created about everything I could look at within my life, it was sad. Sad in a way that was like this is ridiculous. <laughs> like this is so ridiculous. Um, and i 'm not afraid to say that. I am not afraid to say that because that is the humanness in me, and I embrace that. I think that that is beautiful and I realize that it, this was absolutely an opportunity to do something about it like let 's do something about it let 's change the story let 's change the narrative and let 's move on like let 's just move on let 's let go of what needs to let go let 's move on here 's our new stories. And when you feel yourself when you feel that mental prison trying to find its way back to you, right and it's trying to um, to retell you those old stories, it's being able to put it in check like nah, I've already done my shadow work around this. I've already come to terms with this like that is the story of my mental prison, and I don't live in that mental prison no more. I'm healed, I'm freed, I'm living in my heart space. You know, I speak it in this way because I'm I'm claiming it so and so it is. Um, so here is my healthier stories. Here's my story that is the verdict is in my favor until, you know, eventually you don't need stories at all. Like I'm sure, you know, it comes today where like you don't even have to do that anymore, right? Because like after a while, the mental prison I imagine is just gone. It just it, it leaves because you're just transcending everything. Um and so another thing that I want to say really quickly because I know that like I'm rambling and we're at 51 minutes is that another thing I want to encourage is that, you know, we can talk about stuff all day long in the spiritual community, but embodying it is a totally different thing and it's not easy. At least for me, it has not been easy. And uh, it sounds good. Like, I love to share things, too. It sounds great. Um, But embodying it, it can be really difficult. When I'm feeling good, it's easy to embody it. When things are going the way I want them to, it is so easy to embody it. When I'm enjoying life and I'm reaping in and I'm, you know... Experiencing, you know, joy and stuff like that, it's easy to embody those things. But when you're facing trials and you're facing, um, you know, retrogrades and you're facing triggers and you've got your trauma rearing its head and you're facing things like the death of a loved one, and you're facing the end of a relationship, and being able to embody all those things though now in that place that is difficult for me. Oh, I can be all of those things when things are working out beautifully. When things in my life is going beautifully, it's easy to be those things. But when things get tough, who are you when things get really tough? When things are really out of control, when things are, you know, when somebody dies, when, you know. um, and, And so that is where I've really been getting to spend a lot of time with myself is in these this darker realm and I say darker and that's not even the right word for that but in this opposite (laughs) of everything going right when it feels like everything's going wrong I'm able to really see my ability to be consistent my ability to be committed my ability to be hopeful my ability to have faith my ability to embody unconditional love. And you guys, and my ability to hold on to positive stories about my life. And you guys, it's not, it's been hard. It's not easy. Um, and the things that I've really learned this year or I'm working on is, you know, learning how to love without an agenda. I, Like I said, I've known how to do that. I've done it many times. But I catch myself sometimes where I see an agenda forming itself. And it forms itself, it shows its proof through any type of expectation, through any type of hope a desire for some type of outcome or timeline. And so every time I have to see that, it it's not a punishment. It's not like you, you can't do it or there's something wrong with you or you're not unconditional. No, it's, you're so human and this makes total sense. I totally get this. Where is this coming from? Why did this particular thing snap you out of this? That's the area of shadow work for the wounded healer to go work on. Which for me, it comes back to a core wound. There, there's this core fear. It's like my, you know, alpha and omega, my big, my big one, um, and it's like the biggest demon I've ever had to try and slay. And I feel like I've been slaying it with a machete for like ever. So I must be like chopping off like like little slimmers of its skin and not actually being able to chop off body parts. But you know, I'm like trying so hard. Um, but, you know, it has allowed me to see things. It's, it's allowed me to see how these wounds affect everything around me in the shadow aspect of things, in the unconscious aspects of things. So being able to embody unconditional love, and that's looking like loving without agenda, loving without timelines. Um, it, it will reveal to you your attachment style with people. It will reveal to you the true impact of trauma. Um, I'm a lover of freedom. I absolutely have to have freedom because it's been taken away from me. Like, I just, like, I'll fight for freedom just simply to fight for freedom. Like, I just, I cannot handle the feeling of my freedom being taken. Like, it brings out, like, this, like, I'm going to fight you. Like, I'm not really one to be a fighter, but if you try to take my freedom, like, we are going to fight about it. Because it happened to me and I promised I would never let someone take my freedom away, right? So at the same time, I absolutely value someone else's freedom. So ways that I try to unconditionally love somebody is by being so accepting of who they are, the absolute best I can, um, to try and showcase that, like, this person is free and, like, what i mean by this person is free is not that i have the ability to grant them freedom it's more like i honor this person's freedom all the time like i do my best always honor this person's freedom to honor who they are to honor how they feel to honor what they think to honor what they do um by constantly trying to work on myself by constantly trying to um deal with myself instead of pushing things on other people you know what i mean instead of trying to put agendas timelines and expectations on other people instead of trying to put my wounds and traumas on other people <clears throat> um but you guys it, that d- doesn't make it always easy because it teaches us a lot of things it teaches us how we want to be treated it teaches us what kind of standards we want it teaches us what kind of relationships we want and what kinds we absolutely don't want. It shows us what we don't want. Um, It teaches us what type of friends we want in our circle. Um, And so I've learned that for me, I, I apparently have to learn everything the hard way. I have to go figure out what everything is not to figure something out. But I want to just leave you with this, that the last part of the Wounded Healer series is your heart space. To, I just, if you will continue to work on your heart space, to me, that is like the most powerful thing that we can ever do. Like if we can just get that one part down, like everything else falls into place, right? This is the most powerful one. Like um, being able to unconditionally love others is like the main theme in every religion across all the worlds, pretty much, you know. Um, it is the most important aspect of all things. If the, if we, without love, we are bankrupt. Without it, we are just, we're bankrupt. Um, and so I realized this year that I really don't care to master or excel in anything. I don't care about any titles. I don't care about any degrees. I don't care about anything but I do care about unconditional love. I do care about being able to embody that as much as I can and having so much compassion when I'm not able to and not being hard on myself when I can't, but just holding space that like it, it, it's a process and it's a journey. And I encourage you to be patient and kind and loving towards other people who are also trying because sometimes I feel like we can be kind of harsh with people and like impatient with people because they're like not being something and they're not getting something quick enough. But we just, we know so little about their actual life and what it has been like to walk in their shoes that I think sometimes we really miss just how big of a deal it is that they've even gotten to this that they've even gotten to where they're at right now we don't see how big of a deal that is I think we tend to just we continuously often see how far someone still needs to go and so I really encourage you not only to celebrate how far you've come but to celebrate how far other people have come around you and um I I know that I'm a sensitive person because I there's a part of me that really desires connection. It desires friendship and fellowship. And, but then there's a big part of me that still shies away from, um, interacting with the spiritual community and interacting with people. Like I do interact with people, but my circle is so small. Like I can count on one hand how many people I've given access to, to my own home per year like if you've ever seen inside my home like that's a really big honor um and I know it's because I feel like I've gone so backwards with stuff that um you know I think one of the biggest areas of healing was not only from abandonment issues but it was the healing of my interactions with other people I've really had to work on healing my my ability of connection with other people in general. There apparently was a lot of hurt and bitterness around the area that I really thought I had taken care of. But this year, it all got ripped back open. And um, the fact that something gets ripped back open to me is just saying that, you know, the more you grow, the more you become aware of deeper layers of things. And I kept trying to approach things with outdated um, systems that I had created and all my systems needed upgraded. And the moment I really came to understand that and upgraded it, things are getting a lot better for me. But, um, I'm like a rebellious child. I have to do everything the hard way. I have to do it in my way at my time. And so, um, you know, I've just always kind of struggled because I kind of feel far behind sometimes. And when, when people get very like critical, And when people get very in the space of wanting to correct each other, and like I've I've done this too. Like this is me included. I've done this plenty of times. I think we miss out on on our ability to connect to like the, the depth and potential we had, the opportunity we had. Because I know when I'm on the receiving end of that, I instantly feel those those walls of, um, of filling, it, it it kind of, it would depend on the way it got presented. It depended on the way it came at me because of all these wounds. So, um, I've had to learn, I've had to work on understanding, um, that one, there's just like so much that I don't know. And two, it's okay if people correct me, that's fine. Um, And learning how to accept that correction with maturity and not automatically put onto them the pain of being overly corrected and criticized as a child, because that's basically what was happening is I was corrected and criticized at very important moments in my life over things that were very personal and important and special to me. And so then when I was being corrected by other people in my adult life, it's like those pieces of me as a child was being projected onto them. And so it's just amazing because I continuously find more layers and, um, of healing that needs done. And, uh, I just hold so much compassion for myself for that. And, um, I, want to be around people who who can hold compassionate space for me as well because um, I think the fact that we're even on this path is a huge deal I think the fact that we're even putting this effort in is a huge deal I think the fact that we are um, out here doing what we can to embody love and to love people is a huge huge deal and I think it's special. I think it's rare. And I think it's um that in itself is community. It's a way of connection. And so I really for me, I really want to support others and to be supportive and encouraging and uplifting. And um so I hope you guys got through your retrogate okay. <laughs> um, and I hope that uh that the things that are starting to come in is going to be times of just beauty and blessings and abundance and like just wonderful things but just know that even if it doesn't even if you end up in storms and you're facing hard times again just remember that that unfortunately is part of the healer's path and uh just know that you're never you're never at rock bottom the way you think you're always you're always at a rock bottom with all the power you've collected so far with all the tools you've collected so far, so you're never stuck. You're never just gone. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of times, it's just our perceptions that need changed. It's our systems that need upgraded, and it's our our perspectives and the way we are approaching things. Um, you know, and just a reminder that healing is not something to intellectually do. It's not about intellectualizing everything. Um. It's about trying to embody it if you can. I think that's the powerful part. And for me, how do you embody something? For me, it's action. How can I take this and turn it into an action? And once I learn how to turn it into an action, how can I make this a part of my daily lifestyle? And that is how I embody things. But anyways, that's, yeah. So I hope this series was good for you guys. Um, And I you Know, hope that for all of you whose hearts are in the middle of trying to heal, um, that, that they would indeed find the healing that it is searching for, and that you would just be filled with so much love, um, and that you would generate so much love. And if you ever just need somebody to talk to, just please know that you can write me at any time at the shadow shaman pod at gmail.com. All right, bye, guys.